Welcome back to the DMC podcast, season two, episode 48. And today, given that it is our first episode released in November, also known as Movember, if you're around certain circles, we're going to be having a Movember special, a men's mental health special. But hopefully we'll give things here that are, you know, suitable for any gender or no gender, depending on what you identify with. You can be all or both or none or whatever you want. Um, we hopefully can give some lovely stuff that you can all listen to and, you know, take something away from today and today's episode. But before we do talk about that, and while it's a very important topic, another important topic is asking Manny, how are you doing, man? What have you been up to and how, how you been keeping up with things? Because it's been a little while since you released an episode. Yeah, man, it's it's been, I'll be honest, it's been very stressful. It's just been uh, quite difficult at the moment, um, just some personal stuff. But that's why we've not been able to record, but... Uh, slowly come out of it now in that sense coming back to a more like rigid schedule and I'm happy to be back recording Joseph because it's been some while and obviously I haven't heard a lot from you either Um, but I just want to say to everyone who uh, is obviously aware of the situation thanks for the support I appreciate it and that's pretty much what I want to say on the topic but how you been keeping up? I've been good man I've been good you know me just keeping on keeping on just doing doing work, seeing friends, having a nice time and, you know, trying to just stay on the top of things on in these cold winter days. I'm finding it harder and harder each day to get up for work and, you know, get up and like, getting up at 6.50 a.m. and getting into work at like 7.50 or whatever. Just it's hard, but it's worth it because it's very rewarding what I do. So I'm happy with it. It's, it I feel gratification when I'm able to find success in my job which is nice and that's why I get up and you know and also it, it pays the bills so it's you know it's a useful thing to do but aside from that one great thing that I've been doing at work and one fantastic thing that has been coming out of that is my participation in spreading awareness of mental health and re- helping to break the stigma and reduce you know reduce the I guess yeah, reduce the stigma around it, especially it, for the demographic who work where I do. It's quite male dominated, unfortunately, but it is also quite age dominated by those who are above the age of 50, who may not necessarily have been, you know, raised to discuss their feelings, their emotions. They may not have been raised in a way that they are able to express these things and they may bottle it up, which makes months like November with the Movember movement so important. Because it gets people talking, it gets us releasing episodes about November, and it raises the question to me and what I want to pose to you, Manny: What what does November actually mean? What is Movember, and what does it mean to you as well? Well, it's interesting you mentioned this, Joseph, because for my understanding of Movember, I, I was really like um, I thought the forefront of it was to do with men's mental health, and I was doing a bit of research before the episode and uh, just some background around it, and it's actually um bigger than that and i think it's kind of important to mention this that the fact that we're in november they're not only taking on mental health and suicide prevention they're also tackling stuff like prostate cancer and t- testicular uh cancer as well and it's been happening for quite some time since 2003 and they've funded a lot of projects for men's health around the world and i think it's something that you don't really hear much about in that sense where but from my understanding of it, it, up until like very recently, it was only to do with men's mental health. And I think it's um, it's it's really good that there's an initiative uh, that's made such, such an impact with the number of donations and been able to contribute to um, a lot of different causes. And um, 
I think it's something uh, many people can get involved in as well. Like, of course, for uh, the main thing that we hear from November is that you grow out your beard and you don't trim it for the whole month. And but I know you mentioned something, Joseph, where some people have the uh, option to run sixty kilometers for the whole month within the whole month. And I think it's really cool that there's different ways to um bring people together and uh, for something that that's um really um not really like obviously this the stigma around it is that it's not really spoken about much and it's like um like we always hear like there's a large like suicide uh, rate for men and uh, men are dying too young and and i feel like this doing this is um being able to like like stop this from happening and prevent this by supporting the necessary endeavors that um november have contributed to and i think it's just uh like something that uh makes it spreads the awareness like you mentioned and uh perhaps you can uh, dabble into what you're doing in that sense where it's like you'll see like for this month potentially you might be working towards doing a project around this and i think it's super important because like i said it's it's i feel like especially for like younger adults and men in general um they find it a, a bit harder to speak out about things especially depending on how you how you've been raised and i think this is a good way or good starting point to uh help the the health crisis in that sense for men especially for those who are uh dying at a very young age yeah there's there's been a lot of so to put it into a bit of perspective in terms of um what november actually is it's it's fundraising effectively but it's it's asking a family member, asking friends to sponsor you to grow out just a, a silly moustache or just to fundraise you in running 60 kilometres, in making these conversations and just asking people to donate to charities that can help to spread the awareness of literally just having a chat with someone could save a life, which is crazy to say. Like The statement sounds like it shouldn't work. That statement shouldn't be the case, but it's very true and it can make a big difference. You know, I've seen a lot more um, of a push in terms of the marketing for November recently, I've seen billboards and I've seen, um, you know, flies getting put through the doors. Like a fly came through my door the other day, which has got, got me kickstarted doing November, which was really cool. Um, but I've also seen YouTube channels and big YouTube videos that are, I wouldn't say sponsored, but endorsed by November. So it's usually like a football YouTuber who I watch, who a segment of the video was dedicated to him just chatting to one of his mates about how they were doing and stuff like that. And they talked about the anxiety of social media and the pressure of having to produce content that was weighing down on them and impacting them. And they obviously made this a public conversation because they posted a video of the conversation, very professionally produced, but also very well made and very heartfelt. And the millions of people watching that are going to be football fans, typically that football fans aren't necessarily going to be the people who would be the most outspoken about their emotions. But the fact that they were able to get endorsed by Movember means that there was a platform for this to be spoken about to a demographic who won't necessarily speak about it, but who actually need it more than they may think. You know, so that was really good to see. Um, so what, I've, what I'm doing for it is I've obviously... Um, I've already shaved off my, my facial hair and I'm going to be growing out a moustache for it. Because then what that does is that when people ask, oh, what's with the moustache? Boom, conversation opened, talk about, November, talk about November to the person who opens the conversation. We're like, oh, well, I'm actually raising money or I'm trying to just create a significance for to raise awareness for men's mental health and stuff like that. And then 
you can then delve into it, which is really, really interesting. And then people can actually, you know, someone who asked me about what's I'm doing my moustache, may go home and tell their dad, their granddad, their brother about, oh, Joey from work has got out a moustache to, re- to reduce the stigma around and, and then that conversation can get opened, that communication channel can get opened and they can talk to someone about it, be like, actually, yeah, that's a great idea. And I've been meaning to talk to you about this. And then they have that conversation that could save a life, change a life, improve someone's state and where they're at. And that's why I think it's important to have these dedicated time slots to do these sorts of things because, yeah, it would be fantastic for this to be every month something like this happens or just to not even have to have a month for it just for it to be the case instinctively but it's not so I think that having the time and having like a month set aside or a day set aside to remember these things and celebrate these things is quite important where where do you stand on that sense of things where not just for a mental health movement for example but for any movement such as Black History Month in October um, to celebrate these sorts of topics is it a good thing to have it like to, to a particular time frame or is it take away from the actual impact of the whole situation where, where do you stand on that Manny? Uh, it's an unusual one really I think it's good in the sense that it is given its own like space in the sense that, like within that month it's dedicated towards one thing I think it gives uh, a massive impact in that sense because everything around it is um pre-planned and scheduled in in that sense and people can prepare for these things and I think it makes that a lot easier but at the same time, I think there's also um, a conversation there to do with the fact that, like, this should be celebrated throughout or this should be supported as a movement throughout the year and shouldn't just be for one month. But I think I think the one month is a is a big deal in the sense that it, it brings a, a lot of awareness, especially only in that per- period of time. But I think that those kind of conversations that happen within that month, they will continue to happen throughout the year and I think they shouldn't be underestimated in that sense when it comes to it happening just only in that time frame but um, I understand the argument against that in that sense as well how it should be happening throughout and constant but I think it's a good way to get the conversation and the ball rolling uh, if it's across the month. Yeah definitely I, I definitely agree with that I think that it, it just allocates time for people to be like okay or like, for example, on, on World Mental Health Day, I published something to my Instagram story about the things that people can access and, you know, the the links that are out there and phone lines that people can call and stuff like that if people are in need of distress and things like that, which is great. Um, the company that I work for, there was a really, really interesting talk with um, the ex-footballer Clark Carlisle, who's, um, he came to talk and on a live call with a lot of the employees about his personal experiences and his battles with suicide and depression and stuff like that and how he's managed to overcome these things and there was a fascinating Q&A afterwards and I could tell a lot of people by the end were really moved by his story and I, I, I can say that I certainly was and it's also really good because that the fact that a footballer was doing it may mean that a typically more masculine or macho guy would probably go along just so you can hear about Clark Carlisle's story. But as a byproduct of that, who then the, the the guy may then you know start to think about his mental health a bit more, his mates and stuff like that, which is really important, I think. So that that's really good. Yeah, in that sense. That 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 was a really powerful, um, powerful talk. So I recommend if you people if you guys don't know about Clark Carlisle's experience, go and have a look because it's a really 
fascinating life story for sure. But yeah, Joseph, you're right in that sense. I think it's um it's also about the people around it and what they do in that sense. And like you mentioned, uh, with a football player there, especially um football, there's a lot of inspiration uh, within the game and lots of people, young kids, including myself, who watch these athletes and these other people and they want wish to um fulfill something similar. And I think when you hear someone speak about these important things and you have a genuine interest in who they are. And, have a genuine interest in what they do and what they uh what they like yeah what they do as an occupation i think that gives extra like um boost or extra like i don't want to say promotion but it gives it like an extra exposure towards oh this person's talking about it then it's like and i think it's 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 a, a really powerful thing that people and also it is very difficult for them as well the people who we look up to they bear the burden of some responsibility and it's good to see people speaking up about these things um especially in their space i think you don't hear it a lot um in football obviously football more recently you'll hear a lot about the world cup and things that are going around that as well in that sense um and how enduring uh the like not only in the pandemic they were talking about like supporting the people who worked hard and things like this and i think there is that element of if you have a platform you have the responsibility to share the things that you believe in um and uh, it's great to see that that's the case and uh, that's what i just wanted to add it add to your point joseph and i think that was really important and really powerful and um like you mentioned if there are going to be people who are going to be like in these positions i think it does have an impact on not only like individuals who have an inspiration towards them but other people who look up and look up to them differently in the sense that um that like you said the ma the macho masculine stereotype individual might take heed in what someone said um in that sense especially if they were like in a sport that they really cared about and i think that's important to mention but um as we move on joseph um you obviously kind of mentioned it slightly and kind of alluded to it uh, are you participating in november and um obviously uh, you kind of touched on this as well but what, why are you participating as well yeah, so I am participating, but I'm not going to be doing the um the the fundraising part. I'm just going to um give a donation myself at the end of it. Uh, I'm trying to do the 60k run. I'm not sure how successful I'm being with that, but I did see a caveat. It did also say walk slash run. So each time I go to the gym, uh, I'm thinking about and I'm dedicating my runs towards reaching that goal. And if I'm not able to reach it, that's, I don't want to beat myself up about it because, you know, I'm not the most fit person when it comes to running. I've not really got that much experience. So, I, you know, every time I go to the gym, I run 3K. It, I'd have to go 20 times in the month to, to, to reach that 60K, which just isn't realistic. I'm, I'm not that dedicated to the gym to do that. But I will reach quite, hopefully, quite a, a reasonable amount by then because um, I'm, I'm at least going to go. You know, I go twice a week and then I also run playing football every week as well. So, you know, I'll get close to that number and the rest I could, in my mind, be like, well, I definitely walked enough to make up that 60K, but I will be giving a, a flat donation to that. But I don't know. I feel it almost feels a bit for me. There's a, a certain level of awkwardness that comes around asking for donations and stuff like that. And like for fundraising, I'm just not comfortable doing that with my friends and family members. I don't know why. And that's probably just a personal thing, a personal level that I feel weird asking for money 
but even if it is for a charitable cause, it's just not something I'm comfortable with, which I think you may echo the same sentiment, especially, you know, some of my friends are unemployed. Some of them, you know, they're employed, but they're still trying to pay back student loans and build up some money for themselves. So I would feel like I'm burdening them. And then it would also make, it might make them feel guilty for not donating if they're not able to. So I'm doing it myself. I've taken it upon myself to do that. But again, like I said, when it comes to the actual spreading awareness thing, I'm going to shave my facial hair like tonight and then go back to work next week with a, a bit more of a pronounced moustache. And then maybe someone will ask me if they don't, that's fair. But if they do, then it will open the door for conversation and I can you know, do something about that and explain why it is that I'm doing this. Um, and I'm also going to be writing an article in um, my company's monthly mental health newsletter about it, which is going to be really interesting. And hopefully if people do read that, they'll begin to understand it and hopefully help reduce the stigma for them. And I'm also becoming a registered mental health first aider next week, hopefully through the training course. Hopefully I'll pass and hopefully be really interesting so that when people do want to, you know, do bring something to the forefront, then they can just, I can actually hopefully provide something useful and of value of some input and if I can't, then hopefully I'll just be there to listen. And that's the most important thing for me. Um, what about yourself, Manny? Are you participating? Um, and have you done stuff in the past maybe to participate in these sorts of movements? I'm personally not participating uh, by virtue of not like obviously having a haircut before October and getting my trim, uh, my beard and uh, my beard and moustache trimmed. Uh, it's obviously going to be growing throughout the month, but I'm not participating. I've actually donated before and contributed to other people's fundraisers. Um, but yeah, like I, Joseph, we were just talking about this before. Like I've never, uh, maybe it's something for me to actually challenge myself on in that sense. In general, where it's like, I've given uh donations to different movements and uh different charities, but I haven't like, I don't want to say it sounds weird, but I have not done anything myself in that sense. Where it's like I've put myself out there. Like I do running, I could say I'm doing this half marathon or marathon, or I'm doing this for November. Would you be wanting to? thing and I don't know maybe we're different in a sense I, I wouldn't necessarily feel massively like um un, un or awkward about the sense of like asking for money because at the end of the day it's, it's where the money's going towards and it's the cause the cause and the value they're providing behind it um and it's optional I think this important thing like I wouldn't I would ask for it but I wouldn't say to my friends that they're that bad people or they're they're wrong to not give me money or give money towards a fundraiser at the end of the day everyone's all different financial circumstance and I think that's something to be respectful of um but yeah personally I'm not participating um not particularly got a massive reason why I've never really done anything like this before and um but yeah the opportunity does arise because I've actually been invited a couple of times to do some half marathons but whenever I get invited for some reason people ask me whenever I'm hurt and injured this is kind of a bit frustrating in a sense but oh man that um, sucks yeah, because I, I would love to train for something like that. I know it takes a lot of grit and um, uh, will, in that sense, to stay that disciplined. And, but yeah, I personally not participating in November, but I uh, would also be happy to donate to you, Joseph, in that sense, or contribute any way I can with the donation that you're putting forward. Um, so if that when that opportunity arises, just drop me a message. I'm happy to contribute to that as well. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that a lot. That's that's really good. Um, yeah, so that that's that's kind of what it's about. So hopefully, you know, if you're tuning in this episode and you haven't really got, you know, not really aware of it, then hopefully you will be. And now maybe 
Uh, if you're a guy listening, you can take this upon yourself to get involved. And if you're, you know, anybody identify any other way, then hopefully now you're just a bit more aware of it yourself and can hopefully get these get these uh these things spread out a bit more. But um, you know, whilst we're talking about this, why why is mental men's mental health in particular, Manny, so important these days? Like, what about it? in terms of not necessarily even a stats point of view, but how come you think it's so important? And why is it now that there's a more of a push for it than ever before? I think it's also to do with like a history in the sense of like, for the, let's like imagine a scenario where you're talking to your friends and you're like probably 16 years old, so let's give it five or six years. Would you have a conversation about your mental health? I think the answer really for most people would possibly be no. And I think that's the important thing is to tackle that very problem. The idea that we don't, and whether it's comfortability or not, I, I don't know what the main issue is around it, but we don't necessarily have these kind of conversations. And it's these kind of conversations, which I feel like are more prevalent um, when like uh, like potentially girls are having these kind of conversations with each other or a male and a female having a conversation about this or how like it's just the whole idea when it comes to especially men's mental health it's not a cut dialogue that's had as much amongst themselves and um i think this is why it's so important because um it stems from the idea of it not being even it's not even given the opportunity to have a conversation of when i feel like it's it's looked in a in a certain way i think it's given that idea people have an idea in their heads what it's about and it's, it's very like taboo in that sense. And I think this is why it's very important because we need to start addressing it and having that conversation around it. And obviously year on year, we see that the impact and the growth in the number of people doing November, the number of people participating and the number of people contributing has significantly grown. And I think this is one way of moving the needle forward in the right direction. But also for those who obviously might not have the means to facilitate um, financially putting in something towards November or participating for whatever reason. I think it can literally just start with a conversation with your friends and just asking your um, mates who um, like how, how they're feeling and how they are because you would be surprised how quickly we may dismiss or overlook it and very quickly people act in the exact same way when they ask how they are and people just say I'm okay I'm good and um and that's why personally for me, whenever someone asks me, I try to answer it as best as possible. Even in today's episode, obviously didn't want to mention what was happening, but I was happy to make it clear that it has been a very stressful time. It's been very hectic for me. And we've obviously spoken about that um, off the podcast, offline. So I think it's just even me in the dialogue I have with you on the podcast every week or in the dialogue I have with my friends, uh, being quite upfront and honest is the first way to breaking that barrier of talking about um how your mental health is um because it sets the example yeah definitely it, it's just we always have that instant the go-to of yeah i'm good how are you like I, we don't even think sometimes we just say that as a response but i noticed that as well like at the start of the episode or the how you how you been how you how you doing you know a part of me expects you to be like oh yeah i've been good I've been, da, da, da. but i'm really glad that you actually want to be like, actually it's been a bit bit tough recently but and then you're like but we're on the up and i'm know keep looking forward to looking to the future and stuff like that because you didn't want to disregard or lie about how you're actually doing which is fantastic and i think that more people need to learn to do that because that's genuinely important you know if you are having a difficult time just be honest about it you know because then how will your friends know if you're not um and obviously sometimes it will take someone to ask you 
how you're doing. But sometimes you, you just got to actually think, you know what? I'm actually not doing all right. And I, I really want someone to talk to about this. And that is perfectly fine as well. And so those kind of conversations are just really nice to have. And I know that a lot of people find it easier to do in person. And so a good thing that you can do is just set up a, be like, oh, I'm not doing too great, but can we talk about this in person and try and get something organized, get, um, uh, you know, a hangout thing or a meetup or even a video call or something like that. So you can actually form a bit more of a connection than just typing through a screen. Sometimes that works better for people. But sometimes it works better for people if you're just talking, um, like you can hear them vocally and see them and stuff like that, which is a lot nicer. So it's, it's, it's definitely more so important because a lot of people, a lot of guys have been taught to just bottle their emotions up and stiff up a lip and all that stuff. But that's actually just not objectively, it's just not a good way of doing things because when things do get you down, you know, a lot of guys respond with frustration, anger, lashing out, all these negative emotions. Whereas if there was an outlet and a way that they could actually describe how they're feeling and put it into words, whether through just chatting with a friend, is that's a way better way of expressing emotions and getting things out there and just making them feel a whole lot better. So those those that's for me why it's so important because it can not just stop the guy stop a man from feeling pent up and frustrated but for extension it can help family members or loved ones or partners or relationships it can help their relationship with their with their the, the man in their life who's feeling upset and feeling down it can strengthen that bond which is always going to be good for both people one thing that i i saw and that i read is that you can't make things worse by asking someone how they're doing you know it, it, that's never going to be a bad thing. No one's going to be like, can't believe they asked me how I'm doing today. I can't believe they are interested and they care about me. Oh, what a, what a pagan. Like, that's never going to be someone's, someone's response. You can never make things worse by asking how someone's doing. So if you are thinking of reaching out and thinking, oh, maybe it'll annoy them, it won't. It won't. People will be happy that you care and people will be happy that you reach out. And I think that's a really thought, important thing to take away from the episode if you want to take away anything. And just to uh, like add to what you said there, how like you're saying that you should allow people to talk out and speak about how they feel. Um, do you feel personally? Obviously, we've spoken about the movements already, and that like, you're obviously participating in November. But do you feel impacted by November in that sense, where it's like maybe this month you might actively seek out more of these kind of conversations, or would you say that it doesn't necessarily impact impact you, but it impacts the conversations around you. Um, what would you speak to that and about mm. other movements in general? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that it's, it's definitely made me more likely to, you know, ask someone how they're doing. I was chatting to somebody who was a potential guest for the podcast, but he's um, he unfortunately declined because he's feeling a bit anxious about coming on. But the stuff that we potentially would have talked about with him I made sure to mention whilst we're chatting and stuff like that, oh, mate, if you're ever feeling, like, anxious in that way again, just drop me a message, you know. On a personal level, I I haven't known him for too long, but just talking to him the few times that we've talked was enough to make me think he'd be a great person to have on the podcast, but he said he's not quite comfortable with it yet. We may still have him on, but it was really nice, and I thought, you know, I I was actually about to not send this message. I was about, and then I thought, actually... It doesn't take away from anything saying if you have a in that similar spot or you're ever feeling anxious like that, 
drop me a message, man. I'm more than happy to chat. That cost me absolutely nothing. It cost me five seconds of my time to type that out. But now if he's ever feeling like that again, he can he can reach out if he wants to. He knows that that conversation line is open. To be honest, if it wasn't for being November, I might not have done that. I might have thought, oh, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. It's fine. But I, I stopped myself. I caught myself and I was like, no, actually, you know what? I will say that. And I think that made, hopefully, made some sort of an impact, if not on him, on myself. And I know that going forward now, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that more often, even outside of November itself. If there's a time when I'm debating whether or not to ask someone how they're doing, then I'm going to go, I'm always going to say, yes, let me just be, let me just send a quick checkup because it's so important. Yes. And I think it was, I'm good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like obviously during November, it's going to be, um, you're probably more likely to have these conversations. And I feel like this is probably the same for myself in that sense where you still ask your friends how they are and what they're doing. And you, you think about all these things on a, on a, like whenever you meet them, but I think it's, because like you mentioned there's there's ongoing conversations and advertisements around there's all these other things are being put pushed to the forefront especially in this month and like we mentioned earlier about how it being around a month and if that should be the case but it's in this month especially it's like the um amount of conversations just start to exponentially increase and that's perhaps the reason why maybe people are more likely to speak out and I think it's a really uh, good thing to be pushing forward. And and like we said, whether it impacts us or other people, it's still having an impact. And I think that's important uh, to mention because maybe perhaps, and I don't say in the cases that if it was October, if it was January, if it was July, people wouldn't have this conversation. But I think because it's at the forefront, it incentivizes conversations between people. And once that starts getting the ball rolling, I think we'll see how much of a profound impact of November will really have on um, not only the people around us but in with people in general. Joseph, we've obviously spoken a lot about November. We've spoken a lot about men's mental health, but I think the challenging thing that lots of people might be asking right now during this episode is how would you approach that tough conversation about emotions with one of your friends, especially one of your uh, male friends? How do you break those barriers? How have you done it? Obviously, maybe this can kind of foreshadow what you think the training might be about in that sense um, next week when you go towards it. But what have you done? What are things that you've found out that you think would be really helpful for the, all the listeners today? Yeah, well, so the, the way that I kind of approach these things and it's just just first first off, just start with asking them genuinely with actual interest, not passive listening or none of this, but active listening. Just be like, how are you doing, man? I haven't spoken to you in so long or whatever. Always be like, oh, since the last time you... And, you know, show them that you've been paying attention to them previously. But like, oh, since the last time we chatted, you mentioned you were doing this. How have you found that? And things like that. And then that will get them just chatting normally, just like for a normal conversation, you know. But if... And then, but then, then you know, if there's been some changes in their life, for example, work-related, and be like, it's always interesting. You, you can just start to say, oh you know works obviously works changing is can be quite difficult sometimes how have you found that adjustment and you kind of just ask the question at that point but that opens up the door for someone to be honest and be like oh you know what I found it quite tough adjusting you know it's been really stressful sometimes and then when they're chatting about it sometimes you could just go back to that part and be like yeah you said it was kind of, they said like the other day it was kind of stressful at work how have you been coping with that has there any been coping mechanisms you've been t- using 
and you could also you know not gonna say lie a little bit but you could also be like yeah even if it's not necessarily true you'd be like oh i've been finding it difficult at work as well what sort of stuff have you been doing to help yourself with it and that kind of makes a natural conversation out of these things but it also opens up that door and it destigmatizes using things such as coping mechanisms being honest about your feelings and being honest about how you found certain things but then when you know your friend tries to potentially as a lot of guys do make a joke about something you know they play it down a little bit and they don't give it sincerity or seriousness because they're like oh, that's a bit deep isn't it but then be like no, I don't think it is actually, and just like steer the conversation back towards it, because a lot of times people want to avoid these things. Obviously, don't force it and force them to chat about something they're not comfortable with. But at the same time, just let them know that sometimes you don't want to, you know, marginalize these conversations. Sometimes you you actually do want to know how they're doing and what's going on in their lives and if they're okay. You know, these tough conversations are difficult. You know. And you have to check in with yourself beforehand if you ask someone how they're doing and their answer is actually I'm not doing great. Are you prepared for that answer? Are you prepared to answer that or will you just freeze up and be like, oh, that sucks and then not say anything more on it? You know, you what a great thing to do is just keep, not keep asking why, but try and find out with your friend alongside them, help them figure out why are you not feeling good why is this mean why is this particular situation or circumstance leading to you feeling this way and that way it makes for a really easy open conversation that isn't sounding like it's a deep meaningful chat like me and you are very open to having but it just feels like a normal conversation that happens to be talking about how your mate's getting on and those kind of things are really good and also it's really useful to set a time and a place for it because then you can actually see them and you can actually be like supportive in person. They can see your facial expressions, your body language, all these things make such an important impact on how their words are received. And it's also good sometimes when you're chatting to somebody just to flip your phone over, put your phone away in your pocket, clear distractions, let your mate know you're actually listening to them and you're actively, actively hearing them. There's, um, there's a mnemonic that's on Movember's website that I think Manny wanted to chat about, which is called Reach Out With Alec, which is A-L-E-C. And that's been generated by um, a group called Are You OK? So I think if Manny, you could chat on that, that would be fantastic. And people can you know, start to use that mnemonic to help when their mates are in trouble. Yeah, but before I get into that, there's something that you mentioned that was super powerful, which I think kind of is uh, pretty much like dismissed and it's the one about the phone and maybe it's just my own pet peeve, but I really dislike when people use their phones when you're having a conversation. And I don't know why, I just feel like they're not listening. And I think, especially in the setting and the seriousness of the conversation that we're having today, I think that it even goes to show it how uh, impactful it is that even on the November website, it's, it's even mentioned. And I think that's something to take note of, uh, something that's super important. Um, just before I jump into the uh, mnemonic um, but yeah that's something I really picked up on and uh, like you said I'll chat about everything that you mentioned a little bit later after going over this uh, so the four simple steps um, to use is ALEC and A-L-E-C um, so the model is based on around that A would be ask start by asking how uh, he's feeling it's worth mentioning any changes you picked up on 
um, maybe spending more time elsewhere or gone a bit quiet in a group chat or was not turning up to social events. And then you could potentially ask something like, you haven't seemed used uh, yourself lately, are you feeling okay? And it's just to be able to trust yourself. The person asking the question should um, also feel that they should trust themselves when asking this. I think when you come from a place of genuine like understanding of someone else and you really care for someone, I think they don't take offense to the question being asked and they actually try to open up to you because they feel like you're a safe space for someone. And I think that's important because sometimes we see stuff like, I know Joseph and I, sometimes we have a chat on this on our calls before we start. And sometimes the conversations aren't even about us. It's just to be like, oh, this is the update on other people. Have you noticed something? How, how are they feeling? And there's been times where we've had conversations and we've spoken about individuals and we're like, okay, we both noticed something different. I think this is now time to check in. And I think that's really powerful that you have someone around you. If you're not sure to speak about, uh, to, to, to ask and approach someone, you can have that second person in there to make an impact. And I think that's super important. So going on now to L, um, L is for listen, uh, give, give him your full attention. It's, and like we said about the phone, like you don't necessarily need to offer people solutions and ask them questions. Just be like Joseph said, ask questions, be inquisitive or something like that. This can't be easy. How long have you felt this kind of way? And I think getting to the uh, understanding of when someone's, or how someone's feeling is really important. And I think it's, it's, it's coming from a place of non-judgment. You're not judging someone for how they feel. You're genuinely asking why they feel that kind of way, how, how long have they felt in that kind of state? And I think that's really important to get them talking. So now we're on to E. E is encourage action. Let them focus on things that they might improve, which might improve how they feel in terms of, for example, something just as easy as sleeping, sleeping more, exercising, eating well. Also let them know that you're happy to let them, like perhaps be an accountability partner in that sense, where it's like, if you feel like this, let me know how, how it's going and if anything's changed. And if anything hasn't changed, perhaps even um, give that suggestion to talk to a medical professional uh, where necessary. And then the last one, C, is just check in. Uh, suggest that to catch up soon in person if possible. And if you can't manage to meet up, uh, make time for a phone call and drop them a message that shows that you care. And it wasn't only just for that simple conversation uh, in, that, in that moment. It means that you're willing to go that one step further. And I think when people acknowledge and realise that you're willing to go that extra step, it's it's really felt, it's really reciprocated in a very positive way. And if they find that very, they'll be very receptive to that. And I think that's when you kind of break down those barriers of people not having these com tough conversations. And I think that four step process would be a great way to approach a tough conversation. But just to add to that, I wanted to mention that when Joseph was talking about questions, and I think uh, he kind of alluded to it as well himself, and he said, don't just ask questions for the sake of asking questions. I think it's very important to not give someone a solution. I think they need to find their own way out of the way that they feel. I think you're more than happy to suggest and advise them what they could do. But I think ultimately, when someone's feeling a certain way and you're having that tough conversation, people want to be um, the ones in control. And I understand that. And I've been there where I've had conversations with people and I've given them advice and I think this is really sound and they don't listen to it, but I feel like when they come to their own conclusions, they work out their own template of where they want to go, they're more likely to follow through. And I think 
if you're just a person there who's willing to listen, willing to be accountable and hold them accountable to the things that they've decided to take action on, I think that's when you really get someone moving in the right direction and appreciating the approach that you've taken in this top conversation. Conversations really are like, especially in these uh, these scenarios, are like imagine you're going on a journey together and someone's got a backpack and you've got your own backpack, but the backpack on them is weighing a, a lot. You're just taking a couple of things from that backpack and putting it into your backpack and walking with them still. And then you'll return it later if they need it. But it's just being easing up the burden that they feel like they're uh, under just to make them feel a lot better. I think that's the way I think about conversations, especially in this context. Yeah, definitely. And I think just I'm glad you mentioned the, that mnemonic, man. I'm glad you mentioned the backpack situation as well, because sometimes people may think that they're burdening others but if your rucksack is too heavy and one of your mates is doing great he's walking alongside you and if they if you think that they can take some a little bit of your weight it can just help so much it can help so much so that's really important that people that guys don't feel like they're a burden to their friends and if they don't want to be a burden to their friends just go seek a professional you know just talk to someone whose job it is to do that whose job it is to make you feel better and some guys are embarrassed to talk to their friends about these things and as much as I wish that wasn't the case and much as they may wish that wasn't the case they can go to a professional and keep it under wraps a little bit until they're ready to have that conversation with other people with someone who's more close to them than a professional is but that's also a really important thing to do so I'm glad you mentioned that Manny um, and I'm just on the Movember website now and honestly I'd encourage anybody to go onto it because there's lots of very useful, very simple ways of supporting people, you know, whether they're male or female or anything in between. It's, it's really interesting and simple ways to, to start these important conversations off. So I'd really, really highly recommend that. And yeah, I know no, the next... Definitely, sorry, I just wanted to cut I want to say that the link to the Movember website will be added into the Spotify description if anyone can't find the links that, uh, to the things that we refer to, which we deem very important, especially the, the the model and as well as the website itself. So if anyone needs that, it will be there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so we got a couple more questions to go, a couple more little topics we wanted to cover. And one of them is, what have you done with your own mental health for, for this, for you and me, Manny, to chat about personally? And, you know, for myself, the things that I've done is literally just, for me, things that help is reaching out to others and asking how they're doing, because that encourages me to, once I've had that conversation with someone, often my friends are kind enough uh, and considerate enough to reciprocate that with me. So potentially I might be reaching out to them to obviously know and hear how they're doing, but there's a part of me that was like, okay, hopefully they'll ask also how I'm doing too. So I'm able to, to talk to someone about this because, and, and often that has happened, you know, sometimes at work and I, I know a lot, I do talk to my girlfriend about these things and you know, the stress that comes with work and feeling inadequate sometimes and having a bit of imposter syndrome. But recently, you know, I've been doing a lot better at work and I've been performing. Some may say I've been overperforming, which is something I chat to you about, Manny, a little bit, which I thought was quite funny. But, um, you know, something that I, I'm definitely, that's what I do. You know, I, I ask people how they're doing because I feel that I'm okay to, to talk to some people about that and hear what they've been up to and how they're doing and equally if things are going difficult for me I'm I know that my friend will 
straight away reciprocate the question and ask, oh, what have you been up to? How have you been? And if anything is on my mind, I know that the person I've reached out to, I'm comfortable talking to them about it. And that's what I do to support it. And I also make sure to have time to do things that I enjoy doing. You know, I play football, I do exercise, and I, I come back from these things and I feel energized and I feel like, oh, that was fantastic. I had a great session. Like, I, I my glasses got smashed on Monday playing football. They've had one foot out of the door anyway. They got smashed. But when I got back, I, was, I just fixed myself some new ones, booked myself a book at the opticians, and I feel fine. There's, I'm not upset about it or whatever. It hasn't got me down because I've managed to solve it. And that's partly because I knew I was getting into playing football. I knew that, oh, this may happen. I was realistic with my expectations. And when I, when something bad happened, I was like, okay, I'm cool with it. I was mentally prepared. So when it, obviously that's a bit different from mental health, but it's still making sure I'm not getting upset when these sorts of things happen because I mentally prepare myself. And it's sometimes someone say it's pessimistic to think of a worst case scenario but being prepared for when some things don't go to plan is also really important to make sure you don't get stressed out if the inevitable happens and things don't go to plan sometimes that's that's just what happens so being prepared is really important and also identifying and knowing who you can reach out to if things get difficult is equally as important that's something that I've definitely done um, and I've definitely, you know, will continue to do is keep on a track of who who I'm comfortable speaking to about these things and who I know will be able to provide some sort of help or just be a sympathetic ear to actually listen and things like that. So knowing that is really important to me. And that's one thing that I've done to help. But yourself, Manny, is there anything you've employed or anything you've done? Um, it's funny because I think a lot of the stuff that you mentioned a lot to do with like mental models and like how you've like been able to not necessarily like reprogram but to program your mind in the sense that you know where the safe space is you have the right network around you and you've created this framework and environment that is best suited to help you um talk about how you're feeling and how that's been very effective and for myself I, I would echo the same things but I think there's one thing that I've done which has actually done a lot of good is I've actually got rid of my social media I've uninstalled Instagram I've uninstalled Snapchat and um, I do have Twitter. I don't really use it that much, but I do have it uh, still, to be fair. Um, but for the most part, it was just for those two things, I think I was using them excessively for no reason, really. I know that I speak to a lot of my friends on these platforms, but uh, for many of them, they know that I was removing it from my social uh, media. And perhaps I will go back to it uh, sometime soon, but not using it has been uh, really good for me. I feel like a lot of my time has been spent elsewhere. And I feel like, uh, my like my mental health I wouldn't necessarily say it, necessarily say it was impacted by social media but I feel like I feel different and I think it's still something of note um that has actually made me feel a lot better and that doesn't necessarily mean that I felt worse off having it or not having it it just felt like there was a lot of stress like to uphold certain things and I think there's no need no longer any need for me to uphold certain potentially dialogues or conversations with people I don't really talk to that much and I think the most important people I know are always going to be on my phone as a number. So I think that that's something that I've kind of considered doing uh, for the moment, just to stop myself from the end of scrolling and also just um, just take a break from things. And I think that break uh, was much needed and has been very effective as, an, as a way to potentially not only make myself feel better, but like feel like I have a lot more time. I think not only my mental health has 
deteriorating. I felt like I was losing a lot of time in that sense and the time was escaping me. And I think now more than ever, I felt like my time is back in my control. And I think that's super important to mention um, because your mental health doesn't necessarily mean how you like, it doesn't also have to do with like, oh, I feel bad today. I don't feel great. I'm upset and disappointed. It could also be like, you're stressed and you're worried, but that stress and worry might come from something else, which you might not necessarily think is contributing to it. And I think that's something I noticed and social media was definitely the culprit. So I've been doing that. That's been really good and has been really constructive. So that's been uh, something that I have been doing, which I would deem effective. But for the last question, Jose, um, I know you just unmuted, so you might want to say something before we get to it. But I was going to ask, like, who inspires you? But if you have anything to add to what I've just said, feel free to add. No, no, go, go for it, Manny, go for it. I think what you said was excellent. And that's something that I probably should look at doing because I am unhealthily addicted to my phone. And sometimes it does bring up unrealistic expectations of how I should be doing and what I should be doing in my life by looking at the successes of others, which isn't great. So that's something I definitely will consider, Manny. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, no worries. And I just wanted to ask for the last um, question on the episode. And perhaps doesn't necessarily need to do with men, mental health and people speaking up about these things, but who really inspires you? Well, so I, I, I would like I would like to, to um, answer this question in the context of men's mental health. And there are a couple of people. Um, the first one that really stands out is um, Pat, is Paddy Pimblett who's, uh, again, I do about these these kind of people all the time, but who's a, a UFC star. But his most, one of his, his most recent um, performance, I think, or the, the second most recent um, fight that he won afterwards, this, it came out that he actually did this a day after, and he won a day after hearing about that his friend from home committed suicide. And he gave a really moving um, speech at the end with a very powerful quote about, and he said, I'd rather my mate cry on my shoulder than be a pallbearer at his funeral. And I think that was so powerful. And that like inspired so many people. There's so many like on his YouTube videos, so many people come up to him and say, hey, that was you know, massively inspiring. I've opened up to my friends about these things. You know, I've had friends come to me and all the public people, the public eye that he's in. It was so powerful for him to say that in front of such a big audience and it was you know really really important they said it and I think that was so inspiring and that's something that I remember and I think about not every day of course but I think about that and I consider that like that statement I'd rather have my mate cry my shoulder than be a pool bearer is so important and that's one thing that if you do think about the trivialness of you know what, what will a conversation do well it can do exactly that you know it's never too early to have a conversation just how are you doing and they get upset that's fine that's preferable to any other more serious circumstance that may come out of what they're feeling so that's one person that definitely inspires me and I, I'd say that if you haven't seen the interview I'd really recommend going and have a look at it too what about you Manny is there anyone who particularly inspires you in this space or just in general in I, I'm not sure, like, men's mental health, I've seen, like, clips, I think it's always been a thing where you see, like, clips, when I was on um, Instagram, you see a lot of people talking about men's mental health, and um, there's that UFC fighter, I don't, I'm pretty sure you're referring to the same person, actually, and um, I think he, he says something very inspiring as well, talking about men's mental health, and he, like, after he won his fight, he mentioned it um, in during that message that you just spoke about, but for someone in general, I'd say, 
who's a big inspiration is probably Marcus Rashford. I think the lot of things that he's done for this country, I think we, we shouldn't dismiss, and especially for someone of such a young age. And obviously the platform he has is very big and he's been a big inspiration for many others. The way that he's very eloquent and able to address multiple issues, I think that how he's gone about it has been very powerful and in the right way. So I, I do want to give a shout out to him because he's, he's a massive... um. He's been a massive inspiration for someone like myself. Um, but for mental health, I think there's I there's a lot of people like I listen to uh in a lot of different podcasts. Like um there was someone uh, like I listened to, his name's Case Kenny, he's a lot to do with relationships, but he so he does dabble a lot um from time to time to do with mental well being and mental health. And the the thing that he's he's always talked about, and it might not necessarily to do with how you feel, but it's like Sometimes the path like you choose to take, whether it's the if even if it's not the conventional one, if it makes you feel a certain way, it makes you feel uh better about yourself. Um, you should look to walk in that kind of direction. I think, people there's a lot of people who I wouldn't say necessarily talk about men's mental health explicitly, but talk around that. And I think yeah, I take a lot of inspiration from people like them. Uh, another example is Andrew Huberman. He talks a lot about the biology of um the body. He doesn't necessarily talk about men's mental health, but he does talk about like how cortisol can be managed and how dopamine can be managed. And I think it's things like this, a very sciencey, of course, but it's things like this which contribute and are uh, really uh, dictate how we feel and how our mental well-being is. And I think that's someone that, if you are interested in a lot of the science around how your body and mind works, he's a great person to listen to. He did uh, an episode on alcohol, which I found was very interesting talk about how it impacts the body and I think I'd recommend that to any individual I think it was really powerful and those are probably a couple or uh, a few of the people that I find inspirational from yeah thank you Manny for, for sharing that it's definitely something I'll look I'll look into um what was the name if you can let me know either now or later on the name of the podcast because I'd love to give that a listen and just get, in, yeah, sure. get further insight I think it's called Huberman Lab but I would I will definitely Spotify put in the Spotify description but I'll send it to you privately uh, Joseph, he talks Fantastic. a lot about, um, like I said, uh, science about the body and stuff, and just science in general. It's really, it's really interesting. He has a lot of uh, cool guests on, so I think if that's up anyone's street, feel free to listen. Um, but yeah, if you haven't done so already, give us a follow on Spotify. That will give you a notification when we are uploading, and that is usually Sunday at six thirty p.m. um UK time. And also, please uh, feel free to share this with a friend. It, it does a lot for us. Obviously, Joseph and I don't really advertise a podcast a lot and we just do this as a hobby. But if you feel like this has made an impact, what is the conversation sort of for any conversation you want with someone who's important to you, feel free to send this episode. I think there's a lot of great things in there. Joseph mentioned a lot of things that I really have given a lot of thought to and I think perhaps even starts the conversation that we might have after this call um, later. So it's been really cool and it's been really great. Joseph, thank you as always for being such an amazing co-host. And host of this podcast, I really appreciate you. And um, this is DFC Podcast signing off.